0: Wow, welcome to Go Walk Yourself. I'm Eddie Michelson. I'm Lucas Anderton.
1: Here and we are, episode six. This is episode six. Wow, we're still at it. We are. We're still going. And we plan on making these for a while, so uh, let's start on a pleasant note. This, was, this just happened, but the Republican governor of Illinois, Bruce Rauner, took a large gulp of chocolate milk to illustrate the positive effects of diversity in the corporate world declaring to the crowd it's really really good diversity
0: you know one thing we talk about a lot on this show and one of the reasons why we're doing this show right now is uh, bipartisanship and i think one thing both sides can really um get behind is chocolate milk i think chocolate milk is a great thing i think diversity is a great thing and uh, i think this was a great way to illustrate just how good chocolate milk is
1: the dmv invented chocolate milk
0: Chocolate milk was, in fact, invented in the DMV.
1: For our non-DMV listeners, that's DC, that's unfortunate. You should probably Virginia. stop listening. Well, for the folks from Virginia, that's where you go to get your license. That's why I was really confused. Eddie also has a podcast about DMV lingo. Check it out. Sometime. Uh, yes, I will
0: also be teaching a DMV linguistics course if you want to. If you want to um, uh, partake in that. Anyway, let's move on to some news. Some real news. We've got some. Sad news and some not so sad news. I mean, let's start with the let's start with the lighter stuff, and then we'll get into like the serious. Uh, I, I know there was a, uh, a very bad tragedy that has happened, um, and obviously we will touch on that. But first, let's talk about uh, Mitt Romney running for Daddy. Senate, um, which I think some of us uh, over here on the right sort of saw coming, especially when he changed his Twitter location <laughs> to Utah. <laughs>
1: The guy uh, hasn't lived in Utah in like 20 years, I don't think. Right, so
0: this was sort of an indicator that that's what he would be doing. Uh, and right now he's actually pulling ahead by a pretty steep margin. Really? Yeah, he's he's looking pretty good. Uh, Donald Trump backed him. They went on a little date. No, I, I don't know did if they... You, did you expect
1: that? I expected him to eventually back him. Yeah.
0: Not this early. Yeah, uh, I, I'm i not terribly surprised that he backed him. I, yeah, like, like you said, I was expecting it to at least eventually happen, but, I mean, this is, this is no huge shocker, uh, this harkens back to the days when he, he, Mitt Romney's his toy, he loves to just toy around with Mitt Romney and have him under his little fingertips, uh, I, I know we remember his, uh, dinner date with Mitt Romney, and hopefully he'll be taking him on another one of those. Do you
1: remember the picture of them on the date? Yeah. It was taken on, like, a crummy iPhone camera, (laughs) and they were eating, like, I don't even know what it was. It was, like, little pieces of something. Oh, yeah. And there are only three of them on the plate. <laughs> but you know it cost, like, $1,000 million. Oh, it was, a, it was a
0: very memeified photo,
1: for so sure. So he, he said, I am running for United States Senate to serve the people of Utah and bring Utah's values to Washington. But the big question is, if he's elected, or even throughout the campaign, is he going to be a friend or foe of Donald Trump? Because he's gone back and forth. But for the most part, he's been... Pretty outspoken against the president um and the president's been out pretty pretty outspoken against romney and like any intelligent republican would be like we need that senate seat and if mitt romney's the guy who can win that senate seat then we're gonna support him but i i don't think trump cares about the gop strategy enough to like set aside his pride, which is why I was confused when he immediately backed the guy. Well, Trump certainly likes loyalty, but I think on the flip side,
0: Romney is a principled guy. I think we can both agree on that. Yeah. And I think if um, there's some if there's some areas in which he and Donald Trump can agree, I think he's going to go with that. And if there's places where he disagrees, he's not going to be uh, afraid to voice that. So I think Mitt Romney is going to be <clears throat> pretty good in this running. I think
1: he's going to win the seat pretty oh, yeah. handily um and And yeah 35 kids they're also gonna win (laughs) the seat um well so last night I was talking to someone about uh about Romney and I was like no I seriously like Romney like I didn't want him to be the president ever but I knew if he won America would be in good hands and this is Eddie and I's friend Kenny and he was like but Lucas like he's one of the most radical conservatives he just doesn't like Trump and I was like yeah, there's lots of radical conservatives, but when it comes to Republicans, if I if I dislike them all for their policy beliefs, I wouldn't like any of them. So, like, I judge Romney purely from his, like, leadership skills, and I think he's a really good leader that I just don't agree with anything on, but, like, at the same, like, I think he's a really good public servant. Um, the best example is, like, when he became governor of Massachusetts. They had just voted to implement uh their health care system which would later be the model for the affordable care act and he could have taken power and been like no screw that like i'm not implementing this super liberal system but he knew it's what massachusetts people needed and so he set down party lines and he he implemented the system he then became a huge uh critic of obamacare even though he signed the same thing into law in massachusetts but like he he still put massachusetts before his party which i really appreciate and i'm i'm i am a big fan of him that might change if he takes trump's course of rhetoric over the over the campaign
0: but i don't know yeah, it'd be interesting to see how this plays out and how he chooses to run his campaign i think it's going to be romney being romney and i think that's ultimately a good thing uh, i think that's kind of what the republican party needs right now i I think one of the reasons why he's pulling so well in that way and why people are sort of backing this is because it's sort of a breath of fresh air from uh, what we've been seeing lately. Um, so, yeah,
1: I, I'm excited. Uh, let's see how it goes. Uh, go Romney. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, and I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to watch the campaign. Yeah. Um, and I think this will be a fun one to watch. Tom Cotton's will be a fun one to watch. If you don't remember, Tom Cotton tweeted about how the White House is an adult or a daycare center now uh, because Tom Cotton wasn't seeking re election so he could say what he felt. And now he's seeking re election, and Trump has become his best buddy. Um, And so that'll be another fun one to watch. Um, And like all those seats, like John McCain, Jeff Flake, like I, I know some of them aren't running again, but like it was just, it's interesting that when they're not running again, they can finally be like. Wow, I freaking hate this guy. They can say how they really feel. Yeah. Um, So I want to talk about uh, the DCCC. So for those of you who don't know what the DCCC is, it's the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. Um, And just recently, they are adding six more candidates to this program called the Red to Blue Program, and it helps congressional hopefuls stand out to donors and gain access to committee resources. So the candidates have to meet goals for fundraising and grassroots engagement to be added to the program. It's a very select number. It's like under 30. Uh, they have, And the candidates will benefit from DCCC staff resources, guidance, training, and organizational support. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is that Elaine Luria, a candidate for my home district, is one of the six new candidates added to the program. Um, and in my district back home, it's stirring up that same debate from 2016 of the DNC getting involved and helping Hillary win. So, like, I, I wanted to hear your opinion. Do you think it is the role of the party to get involved before primary, or do you think they should always stay out of it? Uh, well, the question of whether they should always stay out of
0: it, or uh, it's kind of a loaded question. I think it was a really bad look what they did to Bernie in the primary for two thousand sixteen, and I think a lot that registered with a lot of people, and it ultimately proved uh, Bernie's point that the establishment is running the entire Washington machine, and that they're not getting. The uh, grassroots uh, people person that they wanted, and they're not being listened to when they when they show up in uh, in droves to Bernie's uh, speeches, and they're very energized, only to have the DNC machine uh, rig the election in Hillary's favor. That's pretty disheartening for a lot of people. So I think if you're going to back up uh, candidates with grassroots support, and you're going to move uh, your uh, dnc machine in favor of a candidate you better do that with some trepidation and make sure you're backing up peop, uh candidates that people also back up so it can be a good supplement for what people want to see but if you're doing it to uh find a more pragmatic candidate that
1: might raise some issues when well, when it comes to people showing up to vote so the the reason i agreed with it in this case is that before elaine got in the race Karen Mallard was our front runner in this race. Um, the problem is now she's been in the race for four months and she's raised $30,000 in one of the most flippable seats in the country. Whereas the Virginia 7th District, which is considered a safe red seat, each of their main Democratic candidates has raised like $400,000. And so something isn't happening in the 2nd District. So then Elaine got in the race. Because Karen was totally screwing up, in my opinion. Something was wrong there. And the DCCC was like, look, this district isn't getting their shit together on their own. We need to get involved. Because they weren't going to let it go to waste. And that's why I justified them getting involved. Um, With the governor election in in 2017, I hated that the party got involved and basically walked Ralph through the primary because I was a huge fan of Tom Perriello. And so, like, I felt, like, a little bad being for party involvement this time. But there's no reason that Karen should have only raised $30,000 in one of the most important, like, congressional races in the country. And so, like, it just posed this bigger question to me of, like, is it, like, uh party involvement or no party involvement or does it depend on the the case and i think the conclusion is it depends on the case well i think a truly good candidate that can energize a lot of people to get out there and donate
0: uh i I know we like i was just talking about bernie sanders who i disagree on basically everything but he did have a way of uh selling himself as the guy who has the support of the common voter and his average donations were what, like $30 or something like $34 yeah, yeah, it, $30. around that range. Okay. And so I think that those are the kind of candidates that are really resonating with people in the current political environment we have, because there's so much distrust on both sides to the Washington establishment. And we want to see a candidate who's going to go in there and, and change things up. And we want to be the ones who, uh, who push that to happen. So I, I think, yeah, like again, when, when we have, party involvement it should be in a in a way to uh help those candidates that we already see getting support yeah uh getting uh sort of pushing them over the line that they can't push themselves over but not necessarily choosing a candidate who they think is a pragmatic choice an establishment choice and helping them win against someone like that
1: against someone who already has right. traction um yeah, no, I, I think that's a seriously good point. And I, I'm excited to see how that primary goes. Um, Just yesterday, late last night, it turns out Elaine actually voted for, if she wins her primary, the person who would be her opponent, she voted for him in the last race. Oh, God. So, yeah, right after the DCCC announced their endorsement. You can already see the ads, can't you? He already, her opponent already posted, I'm so glad that I had the support of my future <laughs> opponent in 2016. Oh, 2016. no. So yeah, that, that should be fun. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, but I so I want to talk about Robert Mueller. Um, so special counsel Robert Mueller's Russia probe is gaining some traction. Um, he, some Dutch lawyer Alex van der Swan was charged with lying to FBI investigators a few days ago. He has a plea uh, plea hearing that was scheduled for sometime this week, I think, or next next week. Um, a federal grand jury brought charges against 13 Russian nationals and three Russian entities for violating criminal laws to interfere with the election. Um, and then, last but not least, Robert Gates has agreed to a plea deal and exchange for his testimony regarding former Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort. And then, just today, both of them got added charges. Yep. I don't know if you saw that.
0: Well, yeah. Uh, a couple things that there weren't here in this inve- uh, in this investigation. <laughs> here it One, evidence that it swung any votes. Two any evidence of actual collusion between Trump and uh, the Russians, and uh, further proof that I will not have to streak the quad. So uh, I, I can, I'll let you take the floor from here. But I'm a little
1: happy that I'll be able to keep my pants on, at least for this week. <laughs> let the record reflect. Edward Michelson is wearing a Make America Great Again sweatshirt right now. We've lost them.
0: You know, I was gonna get the Russian version, that's all in Russian characters, but I didn't have to this week, we'll we'll give it another month or two,
1: but... Okay, the one point you brought up that didn't, sw- there's no evidence it swung any, any, ele- or well, what did you say, the first part? Any votes. Yeah, I don't think that part matters. Um... Interference is I, interference, no matter how effective it was.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that to an extent, but I think this I think this kind of destroys the narrative of Hillary Clinton lost because of the Russians. No, we and that's been that's
1: been a narrative no, 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 that's no, no, been no. going
0: around for it, a, a quite a while ever since he won. <laughs> and there's that's that kind of defeats the delegitimization narrative that Trump is an illegitimate Putin puppet who's he only is. in there because. Uh, because the Russians got him elected. That's the investigation's no for not that. over yet. The, you're absolutely right, and I think it's it's. I'm not going to say that there was absolutely no collusion, and that it's completely proven that there was no collusion uh, as of now, because, like you said, the investigation isn't over, and but, it's gotten to Manafort, who but, was second in command. We always knew Manafort was a corrupt. Yeah, figure. Yeah, he was weird. He was a weirdo, but uh, yeah, like I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to write it off now. I think as the evidence comes, I will. Change my view on this. But as of now, I'm not going to be streaking the quad. And I'm happy about that. Is
1: it not terrifying, though, that it is now almost proven that Russians interfered and Trump is not mentioning how we're going to fix it before November? Uh, One, Obama
0: didn't address how we're going <laughs> to fix it. That's
1: because he was scared that people like you were going to say he was doing it
0: for Hillary. But is does that matter when you're president of the United States and you have a foreign entity who's trying to For interfere the in the elections. For the sake of keeping our democracy stable, yes, it does matter. I, I disagree with that. I I think that what's more important to keeping your democracy stable is making sure that foreign entities aren't attempting to swing your votes.
1: But Trump's not doing that now. Uh,
0: uh, yeah, no, and I think that's a problem. I think if he wants to really uh, <clears throat> prove himself as one who isn't, has no stake in the Russians swinging the elections, he should, yeah, he should definitely address this in some way. But To what extent are the Russians actually interfering? Is the real question, and I think that's something we both have unanswered yet, and we have to wait for more information to come out about it. But yeah, I think this, um, I think the charges are a good thing. I think if you're gonna do something illegal, you should get charged for it,
1: and that's that. Did you see that some of the ads were, uh, some of the Russian ads that were planted on Facebook were pro Bernie Sanders ads?
0: I did hear about that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, pro Bernie Sanders and pro Jill Stein, basically anything to try and screw Hillary. It out of seems the
0: more like it's leaning towards anti-Hillary than, than pro-Trump. Trump. Yeah, uh, which I is agree. something to consider. Uh, and also, if what we're looking at right now in terms of what this collusion thing is, are a few Facebook memes and a Twitter account that got what a hundred thousand followers. I don't think we're looking at any like serious. Government-run operation that was highly sophisticated. I think we are in order to destroy our democracy. I, I think that's a little far-fetched at Congress, this point.
1: Congress almost unanimously voted to implement sanctions on Russia, and Trump won't do it. There's no excuse for that unless his loyalty is with them and not us. Oh yeah, because Obama was t- was very tough on Russia. No <laughs> sanctions were voted on that Obama didn't implement. Trump is just ignoring the fact that those sanctions were voted on Republicans too everyone voted yes let's implement sanctions and Trump is just like no I'm not gonna do that that's bad uh
0: bad optics yes again let's see how it goes is I mean like I said I'll streak the quad I will streak the quad if I'm rooting for you, Robert if, if Trump colluded with the Russians to win the election I think I mean come on we know how Trump is. He would have tweeted about it by now, saying, "You guys will not believe what I did." <laughs> at
1: Vladimir Putin, at Pooty, yeah, at Pooty boy. I, I named my car Pooty after Vladimir, <laughs> considering he's going to make our democracy fall. <laughs> we took down his Berlin Wall. He's taking down our democracy. Anyways, all right. Well,
0: now for a, on a more serious note, uh, as we,
1: as everyone
0: listening probably already knows, there was a tragic shooting uh in parkland um 17 people are dead after this uh, mass shooting in florida on a wednesday afternoon and uh actually uh we have the name here i don't want to use his name i think a lot of times like these uh these, these shooters they they get glorified and their their names are plastered everywhere and i think to a certain extent that encourages copycat shooters and i don't know i just i just don't think it's a good thing to have his name everywhere i mean if you think back to all the uh all of the biggest mass shootings in the past decade we can name all of them all the people who committed them and i i think that's a trend that we should stop
1: no i totally agree i mean at the end of the day the guy was a deranged killer nothing more nothing less um he had mental illnesses. People had called the cops on him several times. And if you ask any of the kids at that school, they were like, yeah, he was freaking insane. Yep. And like, it makes me wonder why he was even able to get to the point that he did. Um, but no, it, it's it's serious. Oh, well, there were a lot of things that
0: seemed to have gone wrong for this situation to happen. Yeah. One was uh, a shortcoming by the FBI. I think we can both agree on that, is that this guy openly talked about shooting up a school and on uh it was a youtube comment i believe and no one did anything about it he was uh he was a troubled kid he had a lot of uh posts on social media with uh that were violent in nature he had uh pictures of his of his guns and yeah he just seemed like there was a lot of red flags that came up that were just kind of swept under the rug and i'm wondering uh where the fbi was during this
1: yeah i agree uh uh-huh. So he had an AR-15, which is the weapon of choice of mass shootings, um, and, uh, it's the 18th school shooting, uh, of 2018, and it's the 40th mass shooting. Mass shooting is defined different ways by different organizations, but that's actually not
0: true, the 18th school shooting, that's, that statistic has been debunked as of now. Really? Uh, yeah, what defined school shooting, this was actually, this was actually fake news, uh. (laughs) Uh, what they defined as a school shooting was even if you committed suicide at a school with a gun, that, that was considered a school really? shooting. Yeah, it's nowhere near 18. It's maybe two or three this year. So I It think shouldn't be that many. That, uh, of course, any school shooting is too yeah. many. Uh, but I, I think it's important to make sure well, that we have all the facts here. One of
1: those 18 was in Virginia Beach, actually. Was it? Um, I, yeah, really quickly, I do want to tell that story. Sure. So, at one of the schools in Virginia Beach where I'm from, um, it was bring your parents to school day. So there were hundreds of parents in the school. Uh, A kid brought a gun to school. His intentions were unknown. Um, And then all of a sudden, they sent all the kids home early. Nobody knew why. One classroom was evacuated. And so that made them think something happened. Um, They heard a loud noise, but they didn't know what it was. Um, And it turns out, that a kid went into the bathroom, and he, he killed himself in the bathroom. Um, a lot of people think that he his plans were to shoot up the school. Wow. Um, but he ended up killing himself, and it was actually my dad's best friend was an administrator at the school. Um, so he had to deal with it. And he texted me the other day, and he was just completely befuddled. Because this is a guy who goes hunting with my dad every weekend. Um, and he dealt with this school shooting, per se. And he, so then after Parkland, he was like, Lucas, you know how much I love my shotgun. But if it would make a difference, I'd give it up today. Because he's tired of this. And I think that's what a lot of people are thinking right now. They're just tired of it. They're thinking that that right for them to, to own that weapon for recreational use just isn't worth it anymore. The problem with that trend is the people who are willing to give up those guns aren't the people who need to give up those guns. I well, mean, they're the I good guys. I think there have been a lot
0: of reasonable proposals that have been brought forth in the wake of this shooting, and even shootings in the past, um, that... Are not abolish the Second Amendment, uh, which is not going to happen. I think a total gun confiscation is out of the realm of possibility no, and agree. reason. I agree. Uh, one thing that I I personally have heard a lot of conservatives talking about that I agree with is having just more armed security on school campuses, like public schools. If we have armed security at airports and malls and um, all these other public places, I think it's completely reasonable to have armed security. Did you not
1: have a a school resource officer at your private school? No. See, when you walk into the building of most public schools, right on the right, there's usually a police officer's office, which I know generally might not still be enough, but, like, you had to walk past a a real police officer who was assigned to... I'm not talking
0: about, like, a single guy with a radio who can call in a, a squad if need be. Obviously, there weren't enough armed security at this school, and so I think if there were actually guards who had... Uh, who are armed? That would at least be a deterrent, if not a saving grace, for when this kind of shit happens.
1: But like, you don't put more guns in the school. I don't think that's the solution. there's already too many guns in the school? What what is it? I don't think an armed security guard is going
0: to be the one who's shooting up the school. But I think it's a a person who knows that there's no one there who's going to stop him if he goes in there and starts shooting up. Uh, if he starts shooting up the school. I, I and I I really think that a lot of these. A lot of these zones that mass shootings occur are gun-free zones.
1: Okay, I want to debunk this gun-free zone thing. So someone was hating on my boy Joe Biden on Facebook because he introduced the the bill that made schools gun-free zones. That doesn't apply to armed security guards. Gun-free zones simply means unauthorized people, so people who have concealed or uh, open carry licenses, that just means they can't walk into the school gun-free zone doesn't keep armed security guards from carrying guns um and so like the fact that a school is a gun free or yeah gun-free zone it, it's irrelevant because that's not holding any security back um but if that doesn't anything, change
0: the fact that there should be more armed security there to stop a, a mass shooter from and, and maybe killing that's people. so but
1: like what about besides schools there are too many guns, too many AR-15s out in public anyways. This is the issue I am most passionate about in politics. After Sandy Hook, something should have happened. Nobody needs AR-15s. They don't. Those are killing machines. What? What's the... Okay. Okay. Let's,
0: let's talk about the AR-15 right now. Let's it's a semi-automatic rifle that's often referred to as an assault weapon. And I think the term assault weapon is intentionally vague and scary to make a lot of people afraid of what it actually is. The only thing that an AR-15 is is a semi-automatic rifle, which means every time you pull the trigger, it fires a bullet. So I don't really understand how that's different
1: from, let's say, a semi-automatic handgun. Because those, they do more power. You can look into, like the pa- like, that's one shot, one kill. And it's fast. It holds a lot of ammo. It can hold even more ammo if you have a bump stock. It can shoot much faster if you have a bump stock. And like that's the other thing. Okay, so let's bump talk stocks. about a bump stock
0: ban. Let's because, get rid of them because uh, bump stocks. Bump stocks are something that uh, Trump has talked about considering a ban for, and saying they might actually be currently illegal. I don't know what the, I don't know if there where the legal basis for that is, but uh, yeah, I think a lot of conservatives are actually talking about. Uh, And supporting a bump a bump stock ban. That's because they're trying to get
1: reloaded. But I think
0: I think an AR-15 ban uh, itself is unreasonable. Who needs that gun? It's not about a need. It's it's not about what you, uh, like needs are different from rights. I have like when when we talk about the Second Amendment, we have the right
1: to bear arms. I don't need to use that right in order to have it. But let's just even take that a step further, and I know you're going to totally disagree with this, Mr. Originalist, but, like, have you seen that commercial where the guy walks into an office building holding a musket, and he shoots one shot like he's going in there to shoot up the place, and it takes him two minutes to reload the musket? Yes. And it's, it's showing you that when this amendment was written... You couldn't shoot up a school with a bus. It doesn't matter, because
0: when you look at the reasons why the amendment was written, it has nothing to do with the power or capabilities of guns. It has to do with the fact that having an armed citizenry ultimately creates a better republic, because when the state has a monopoly on arms, then it can be an easy segue. I know like a lot of people on the left laugh at this, but it can actually be an easy segue into government tyranny. And I know, like, a lot of people scoff at that idea, but to pretend that that doesn't
1: happen is to lie, essentially. So, I'll even take it a step back then. Let's say I'm giving up on my assault rifle ban, which the Florida State House in front of the entire student body of that school, they gave up on the assault weapon ban. They voted it down right in front of all those kids. But, like, what about, let's at least raise the age to 21, and let's at least give it a waiting period, because you don't need it
0: instantly. Well, one proposal that I actually liked was okay. Yeah, we can talk about the age, and I mean that might actually be something that we can like consider. But uh, when uh, I forget who was talking about this, I believe uh, Ben Shapiro was talking about this, and my favorite. David French from National Review was talking about this. My both my favorites. Um, they were talking about a basically a policy in which you can apply to have uh, it with people within your family. You can basically apply to have that person's gun rights, uh, revoked because of a mental illness or a, a, some other incapacity to use a gun. And that this would be a temporary measure that could be extended if they felt necessary. But this is basically to keep guns out of people who are mentally ill and perceived as violent. This within, kid didn't have any family within the context of a like who would report him? Well, this guy like was openly like a violent guy, and like he was obviously uh, troubled. And the FBI gone, should have been all over saying. this. Yeah, that's true. This was a shortcoming by the FBI. It was I a think. shortcoming by lots of people. I mean, you can't prevent every mass shoot. I mean, if you have a lone wolf who finds his way to get, I mean, he has he had grenades on him that we yeah. still don't know how he got those. Um, like if someone wants to shoot up a school, they're gonna find a way to do it and there's not always going to be some sure way to stop them i'm still waiting for a sure way short of a complete gun confiscation which still nobody is asking for that would that. prevent
1: mass shootings like this from happening the, this this painting that democrats are coming for your guns is not true a lot of democrats own guns and like there is just no reason that when this guy who we're not going to name he walked into a gun store when he was 17 years old and in three minutes, purchased an assault rifle. That's not true. That that was debunked as well. No, he, he walked in at seventeen. He applied for one, and then he
0: said, "I changed my mind. I'm not buying one." And they said, "Okay, sure." And he wasn't. He didn't have to show ID because he actually backed out of it at the last minute. But and this he was could debunked. Do it. No, he they didn't. He didn't show identification, so he didn't walk out with a gun. This was completely debunked.
1: I didn't even get to that part. <laughs> I didn't
0: say he walked out with a gun, but like you can do it that quick. He didn't purchase a gun! He but didn't you get can. a gun!
1: You can, though. Okay, That's I want, the issue. I,
0: I want to see someone who actually walks out with a gun at age 17 without a proper identification. That hasn't happened. I will find you someone. This didn't happen. But, Eddie, it just shouldn't be that easy. Why can't it's you not. wait a week? It's not that easy. Why can't what, you this, own- what you're referring to didn't happen.
1: It just didn't. When you apply, when you go to buy an assault rifle, what is wrong with waiting a week and having a complete background check? I I agree with background checks. I think that's a good thing. Sure. And raise the age limit to 21. Okay. Then perfect. And then I'll come for your assault rifle in another year. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. I'm not coming (laughs) for your pistol. I'm not coming for your shotgun. I'm not going to keep you from hunting. I'm not going to keep you from going to the skeet range. I'm not going to keep you from doing any of that. My family owns... We have a whole freaking gun locker at home. If you... All my friends, I sent them a Snapchat when I got home for, for Thanksgiving. I walked in the house, and there were six shotguns sitting right inside the living room. Like, I'm not from that kind of... Most Democrats don't care about your pistol that you keep in your bedstand. We care so about then the guy... So what's wrong with an AR-15 other than it's scary? The fact that this guy owned 12 killing machines that the United States military uses to kill terrorists. That's unnecessary. But the... the no, the AR-15 itself,
0: what is wrong with that particular gun? Even gun experts consider that gun
1: a literal killing machine. I think, aren't, aren't all guns killing machines? If you shoot someone, your intention then is to kill them. Why is it that every single school shooting, that's and every single mass shooting that's been on uh, the headlines... What was Virginia
0: Tech use? Uh, the the guy who is who shot up Virginia Tech used handguns. Okay, minus one. Not an AR-15.
1: Minus the, one. I mean, they for... are almost all AR-15s. That is the weapon of choice for school shooters. Well, apparently not. 100%. 99%. I'm I don't sorry. even think it's 99%. It's some insane number. This is the gun they resort to. And that's scary. So you think if we ban the AR-15... Not, okay, let's even... That's going to solve I'll, the
0: problem with mass shootings and that... If
1: it saves the 17 lives, sure. I
0: don't think it would... I don't think it would save 17 lives. Would it save any lives? I don't think there's any evidence that suggests it would. I think it would. I, I don't think there's any evidence to back that up. And you can't just... You can't ban a... You can't ban a, pres- a specific type of gun based on speculation of what's going to happen.
1: I don't think that's going to get I any political support. I think the Supreme support. Court actually said you could. They were like, there's there's no blanket protection of the Second Amendment. You can ban specific types of guns for any reason you want. And I think they're Maybe are 15- legally
0: you can, but I think politically that's like... That's not a smart move. And I don't think that's going to garner much support. I think 85% of the freaking country disagrees with you. Well, I think when you get... Uh what's his face? Jo- who's the who's the democrat who tweeted that they should lower the voting age to 16? I have no idea. Oh man, who was that guy?
1: What's wrong with that?
0: Lowering the voting age to oh, 16? Yeah. Well, first of all, you wouldn't get your gun ban that you want so bad because most young people support the second oh, amendment. Oh, it's that's over 50%. Not true. It's usually older people who who uh oppose the second amendment. But anyway, so That's all I really have to say on it. I don't think an AR-15 ban is going to solve the problem that we have. I think more armed security in these places is going to help. I think, yeah, like you said, like background checks are obviously a good thing if you want to purchase a weapon. And I think being able to uh, identify people with mental illness and get guns out of their hands and also if the FBI was
1: doing its job, this could have been prevented. I do want to ask you, after Orlando, my congressman, Scott a former congressman, he introduced a bill um, that the Republican Party hated for some reason, um, and it it kept people from, uh, who were on FBI's no-fly list, or fly, whatever you call it, no-fly watch list, from purchasing weapons. What do you think about that? Mm, I think it... I mean, you can be put on a no-fly list for some pretty lenient reasons, and that was so. I think that's re- kind of a slippery slope. That was Republicans. That was their uh, their reason for opposition, or at least their stated reason for opposition. Yeah. And they introduced the same bill, but it had a uh, a much more thorough, much more thorough due process. Um, and like, I partially agree with that, but at the same time, if the FBI is worried enough. To not let them on a plane, like I'm like, why let them buy a gun? Um, it doesn't keep them from owning guns. It's just while they're on the no-fly list, they can't purchase new ones. Um, and it was it was shot down. It was bad. Um, so it was sad. But um, so, do you think that this shooting is different? Um, after Sandy Hook, we talked about it for a few days, maybe even a few weeks. Chris Murphy introduced some comprehensive legislation. None of it passed, and then we moved on. And that seems to be the normal trend. We talk about it for a few news cycles, and then we move on. This one doesn't seem to be dying down. Do you think it's different?
0: Well, I, first of all, I think it's really still fresh on people's minds. Yeah. It, it is still a recent occurrence. I think the people who are directly affected by it were people within the age range of people who would like to be uh, pretty vocal about like how they feel about the yeah. situation and who are obviously... Uh, I mean, wow, Like, I, you can't even imagine what these people are going through right now, like the trauma and like the emotions that they must be feeling right now about the situation. And I mean, obviously, like both of our hearts go out to like everyone who is affected by this in any way. Um, so I think, yeah, that that elicits a certain emotional response and people want something to be done. And I think we can all like both of us want something to be done uh, in order to stop. Um, I mean, obviously we disagree policy-wise, but none of us want to see this happen. And I think one of the, one of the negative things that's been happening in the political discourse that comes out of all these uh, mass shootings is that we tend to demonize the other side as sort of being complicit in these things from happening and sort of suggesting that they want these things to continue happening. And I, I think that's just an egregious assault
1: on political discourse. He said assault. He's funny. Um, did you watch Marco Rubio's performance at all in the town hall? Uh, I did not. It was pathetic. Was it? It was bad. And, you know, I, I gotta hand it to these kids. Journalists have to worry about maintaining relationships. When they're interviewing someone and the person doesn't answer their question, they don't want to piss them off, so they just move on to the next question. These kids didn't stop. When when they stood up to ask him a question, like, one of them said, will you stop taking donations from the NRA? He, Marco Rubio, didn't answer, and they asked him six more times. And every other student that stood up there asked him the same question. They weren't going to let him go until he answered this question. And at the end of the day, I mean, he gave a pretty half-assed answer, in my opinion. But um, I do want to applaud him for even going in front of... It was, I don't remember, it was something like 6,000 people were in this arena, and him and the NRA... Um, and I think the sheriff from the area all went up on stage, and, and I do applaud him for that, because, I mean, at the end of the day, he is their representative, so, like, it's his job to listen to them. Um, and then I, I, am not ever gonna say this ever again, probably, on this podcast, like, hats off to Trump for, for sitting down with these families. Um, apparently he did a lot of listening, and not too much talking when he did talk. Apparently he was reading straight off of note cards, Um, but, like, he he sat down, he gave him the time of day, and I think that's really important. Um, and these kids are doing great things now. Um, on March 24th, they are planning, um, a protest. They've started a movement called the Never Again Movement, and, uh, as a result of that, they're having the March for Our Lives, um... And why while I, while I think this is different than something like the Women's March is everyone has their own reason for showing up to the Women's March. For some people, it's for reproductive freedom. For some people, it's for equal pay. For some people, it's for immigration. Whereas for gun reform, I think we're all, or for this march, we're all showing up for one reason. So I think it's very targeted, and, like, they are trying to accomplish- What would you say is the reason? Uh, common sense gun reform. And what does what common sense gun reform look like? Um- Maintaining background checks because a lot of states either have no background check system in place or a very limited one having some sort of waiting period for some people it's getting these assault style weapons or semi-automatic rifles off the streets Um, for some people it's keeping people from on the who are on the no-fly list from getting guns. There's a set of reforms that something like anywhere from 60 to 80 percent of the country agree on. But the gun lobby has a chokehold on the Republican Party, and even some Democrats. They do. The NRA is an interest group. I don't see what the problem with that is. They're an interest group that frames themselves as being for the Second Amendment, but at the end of the day, they're for the gun manufacturers. They're, well, they back the Second
0: Amendment, and a lot of people back the NRA, and that's why they're so influential. It's It's not like the other way around, where they're influential just because they happen to be influential. It's because a lot of people... Care about the Second Amendment and happen to support the NRA's
1: cause. Okay. <laughs> Fine. I think the NRA is a terrorist group, and he thinks oh, they're a good God. cause. <laughs> Apparently, I'm a partisan cock. So, um, but if you want to support the march, go to goonkeryourself.com/parkland. It leads to their. GoPundi I will tell you page. where
0: I'll be tomorrow. I'm going to CPAC. He's going to uh, CPAC. I am taking my hot girlfriend to go to CPAC, that and was it's disgusting. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, so if When you... is Rosie going
1: to be a guest on the show? <laughs>
0: we'll have her on. Uh, we'll talk about her dad, who uh, we agree on politics. Let me tell you, this man, not this
1: man is the only Republican in the entire Commonwealth of Massachusetts. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and uh, you know, we and get when a Eddie pretty goes well. to visit, Eddie's the only other Republican. <laughs> is it a Commonwealth or a state? I think it's a Commonwealth. Anyways. Um, so, Eddie. So, I will be coming at, at you. Uh,
0: should I do some? Maybe I should do some, some content live from, from CP
1: some CPAC, and I'll bring it back. I have purposely kept Eddie logged out of the Twitter up to this point, <laughs> but I guess I have to log him in. Oh, now. boy,
0: I'll be coming at you live from CPAC. Uh, if you want to meet me up there, uh, I will be uh, at Rick Harrison's uh, speech. I would love to see him speak. So I'm. Pawn stars? Yes, pawn. I'm Rick Harrison, name? and this is my pawn shop. So, um, so that's where I'll be. Uh, I Lucas will, will be here fighting with people on Facebook in his bed. Uh, I presume all I do day not a lot <laughs> I come in here late at night and he, he's on, he's on his phone up in his little perch and I'm like, are you fighting on people? Are you fighting on Facebook again with people And
1: he's like, yep Eventually, I moved to bed. Usually, I sit at my desk with my, oh, my he's dual furiously screen. furiously typing. So I can have, like, four Facebook arguments open at once. <laughs> I'm slowly losing friends on Facebook because I keep blocking people. It's not even blocking Republicans. All the Republicans are gone. Now, I'm just down to Democrats and then you can that I switch don't to your,
0: You can always switch to your Hillary fan account to flame people if
1: you need backup. So. I have a Hillary That's... fan account on Twitter. Eddie likes roasting me for it. It actually became a Kamala Harris fan account. <laughs> oh, no. Look, I love her. I, I know
0: you do. You have her as your wallpaper. I do. Oh I do. boy. Well, <laughs> who are you gonna see at CPAC tomorrow? Um. Well, I'm gonna see uh, Mark Levin. Uh. I. I'm not sure. Uh, Wayne Lapierre. <laughs> excuse me. Lapierre. Lapierre. The- oh well, I missed. I missed Lapierre. I actually missed the good ones. I missed Ben Shapiro. Did Pence already st- speak? Pence spoke. Yeah. Um. Ah, should I skip my class tomorrow? I'm thinking about <laughs> skipping. Uh my uh, we 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 both are in a global corporate citizenship
1: uh oh. Oh she's going to listen to okay, this. Okay so Eddie and I have this teacher uh great professor and she teaches we're both in a class called global That's a great class. Global corporate citizenship and we our classes are back to back and she's a huge fan of the podcast and now she's listening to so Eddie contemplate. Out. Uh she so, also has a podcast <laughs> she's listening to Eddie contemplate. So I'm considering sk-
0: Okay so tomorrow at, I think, 10.30 a.m., Trump is speaking at CPAC. and you have no other
1: classes. What's that? You have no other classes. Right? I don't have
0: any other classes except for Global Corporate Citizenship, and I don't know if I'll be able to make it back in time for the class. The class is at 2.30, so I I could try... And get. I mean, I have a, I have a student pass to get in CPAC, so I don't know if I could get there and then come back in time or if I'd have to skip the class or be late. Hey, professor, I don't think Eddie's going to
1: be in class but tomorrow. I, the,
0: the, the query for today is, is it worth it
1: to see Trump and skip class? No. <laughs> <laughs> I had the opportunity to meet him uh, back on the campaign trail because he spoke at a university near my house and I was working for a firm at the time. That was a Republican firm, and, and we were the ones hosting him, and they had a seat for me and everything, and uh, I turned it down, because I have a spine. Oh, wait, dude. I'm sorry, that was not logically consistent. You're the
0: Democrat on this show, and you have a spine? Yes, unlike this... Paul Ryan and every other Republican. Okay, well, I agree with the Paul Ryan statement. All right. Dude, that yeah, guy's too the shame. worst. <laughs> I used to love him. I still, like, I I don't think he's in the right place. I don't think this is what I mean. I don't know. I don't think he's we gonna... could have an entire episode about Paul Ryan, and we could just have the sad violin Ryan playing in, a, in the background the entire time. We might have to do that at some point—a uh, Paul Ryan special. But uh, until then, uh, yeah. So I'm excited for CPAC, and you're excited for hearing all about it when I come back. Um, you missed Ben Shapiro. That's all that matters. I missed Ben Shapiro. I stand that man. <laughs> all yeah. right. He's the future of the Republican Party. I thought Ben Sass
1: was. Ben Sasse and Ben Shapiro could be best friends. I'm puking on Same the Same thing with Mike Lee. I think these guys... Apparently, aren't... Joe Biden is the future of the Democratic Party. Do, does he even have a future for himself? <laughs> I mean, he's got another, what, like, 20 years? Maybe? If you didn't see, Joe Biden has opened some office right next to the Capitol building. It's called, like, the Biden Center for Diplomacy. But the entire staff is people with years of campaign okay, experience. Okay, hold on, guys.
0: I have... Here's what here's your homework for tonight. Go walk yourself, Listeners Uh, (laughs) youtube.com i mean i thought we were just kind of we're just just kind of winging it here we live in an echo chamber (laughs) open up youtube search terms joe biden creepy enjoy you got like you got you got an hour if you ever have an hour and and a half to kill that's what you gotta search enjoy you're welcome
1: it's gonna take a lot longer than an hour and (laughs) a half stop don't defame this man on my show he is a great public servant (laughs) A, with a very 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 long career <laughs> that's very, for sure very that's for sure very long career all right I well, think with that's that a wrap. Lucas go walk yourself eddie go walk this yourself. was a great episode it was a very <laughs> long episode Good night.